Hey, everybody. Welcome to the OCA Podcast, where you will find resources to help you care for anyone and everyone affected by foster care and adoption. To find resources to help you, you can visit us online at OrphanCareAlliance.org or find us on social media at OCA Kids. Today's episode, John sits down with Pastor Matt Craig. He's an adoptive dad and the lead pastor of First Christian Church in Scottsburg, Indiana. He and John talk about his calling into adoption and also shares with us how he has led his congregations to engage in caring for vulnerable children and families. We hope you are encouraged as you listen today. Thanks for joining us today, Matt. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Wanted to just start off a little bit, just a little bit of your story. Um, you're an adoptive dad. I am. Of two. Can you tell us a little bit about what got you into the adoptive world? Sure. Um, so I, w- I haven't been a Christian all my life. Um, became a Christian at age 21. Um, and met my wife actually at the church that we're in right now, um, serving here at first Christian church in Scottsburg. Um, and early on in just our time together, um, as we were dating and then talking about, you know, what we were going to do and things became serious, uh, her sister actually, uh, my wife's sister actually, um, adopted a their daughter from Guatemala, and so that has always just kind of been part of our story. Just talking about it on on the fringe, you know, and um, so when we first got married, um, I was a new Christian, and one of the things that I did at that time was sponsor a child from Haiti. And, and so that's how really my whole story started was through sponsoring a child as a single guy, figuring I can make a difference. Right. And so, um, fast forward that, um, child number one, child number two, um, our third child, Jackson, my, my son, who is my oldest son, um, my, my wife, um, had a, came down with a thing called help syndrome. And it's a, it's a, her body begins to shut down, treat the baby as a foreign thing. And the only way to save her life was to basically deliver the baby. So Jackson was born at 32 weeks. Once this happens, it's a high chance that it'll happen again. And so we made the decision to, to be done. And, um, medically it, she had to have some, you know, all the medical stuff and everything. So we couldn't have any more kids. And so we were okay, right? We were okay with it, but always in the background, um, because of Tana, uh, my wife's sister and Anna and Keith, we always, adoption has always been there. And, and so, um, it was a weird night it was we were in a we were living in Ohio at the time um, at Richwood Church. We were serving at Richwood Church of Christ outside of Columbus, Ohio, and been there for a really long time. And things were going well, and um, we were just in a good spot, right? And our family was good and growing. Jackson is healthy, and our kids are all healthy. Kenley and Katie, our oldest, are healthy, and um, but always in the background, right? Always in the background, and we would talk about it from now and then, and. Um, I was, it was a Friday night in, uh, I think it was 2013 and somebody given me this, this movie to watch and it was called Machine Gun Preacher. 
Now, I will tell you, if anybody wants to go out and find Machine Gun Preacher, it is an independent film that's pretty raw. So if language and rawness is something that you don't want to be involved in, don't watch the movie. But if you want to get a heart for um, Africa and a heart for um, some hard cases, it's a great movie to watch. And so we're watching this movie. And really the point for me that night um, was in the movie, there's a, there's a scene where all of these kids are coming out of the jungle and they're bringing their mattresses and they're lining up against the fence of this compound with lights on, right? And the, the preacher who is, is the main guy of the story is there with his African counterpart, who is the leader of this compound and it's a school. Okay. And so he begins to open the gate and let them into the school. And the African um, man who is there, who is the the leader of the school, goes, you, you can't do this. There's not enough room for them all. And, and I just remember, he's like, well, there may not be enough room for them all, but there's enough room for these. You know, it's the whole, you know, I can't throw all of the, you know, seed starfish, starfish back yeah, yeah. into the, the ocean, right? But I can save yeah. this one, right? So... That began processing in my mind. And the longer I watch this movie, the more I just feel like, God, what are you doing? What are you asking me to do? I don't I don't know what you're asking me to do, but I feel like you're asking me to do something. And I'm a pastor. And I've always thought, you know, every life is important. Every person is important. Didn't matter, you know, what what race, what what background, you know, we're all created in the image of God. And and so with adoption being in the background, watching this movie, feeling like God is tugging on my heart, I'm by the end of the movie, I'm just in tears. And I turn to my wife and I'm like, Farah, I and she hasn't been watching the movie because it's just machine gun preacher, right? <laughs> right, yeah. And uh she's been on her computer the whole time. And I'm like, Farah, I I just feel like God's asking us to do, I don't know what God wants us to do next. And she goes, really? Funny you ask. And she flips around her um, computer screen and she's on an adoption website. Hmm. We haven't communicated because I'm into this movie, right? And so the next day, um, we, um, we, we call our agency um, and within 24 hours, we have a match hmm. of of our first little boy. Now I don't know how much farther you want me to go into my story, yeah. but so, so that's a, so that's great. That's, I know. that's the intro part of it. Yeah. the The next nine years is a complete other. That's a whole book, right? right? Yeah, so yeah. that that's how we got into it. Great. Yeah. And I, before we started talking, uh, Matt was talking about um, just some challenges with bringing his kids home. So that there's a little bit more to the story. We there's can follow a, a that. Lot more. There's a yeah. lot, yeah, a lot more to the story. But it's interesting to listen to. It's not a, obviously you're not having a date night watching Machine Gun Preacher. No. Going into this is my movie, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. This you're is, like, hey, and Fair is like, hey, no, we're, we're going to move right. away. Yeah. Um, and so being a pastor, um, was it talked about much? In your church, was it something that your church discussed, adoption, anything along the lines of... No, really, really for me, um, you know, that's one of the things. I 
I grew up here in Southern Indiana, mm-hmm. um, in, in Scott County, where we're at. Yeah. Um, I didn't grow up in church. So growing up, that was never a thing. I, my parents were divorced when I was five. Um, I was a latchkey kid growing up, you know, in the eighties. And so that was never really church and religion was never, Jesus was never really talked about. That was something that, that I felt coming as a 21 year old going, okay, if I'm going to do this Jesus thing, then I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to just go to church and just be here in the pew. And that just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know, Jesus had called me out of a life. It wasn't a bad life. I wasn't a bad person. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a good person, yeah. but I was a worldly person. And he called me to something bigger and greater than that. And as a 21, 22-year-old, I'm going, okay, what is that? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, never growing up was it. And and while I was here on staff, I was actually on staff here at this church um, when I first started in ministry. Um, and then I did a church plant in Colorado for, I was part of that team for uh, almost three years. And then I was a pastor of a church, a lead lead minister at a church in Ohio for almost 10. Um, the churches that I'd been a part of never, it wasn't something that you talked about. You'd hear the sermon every once in a while about mm-hmm. we're children of God, right? We're adopted into the family of God, but never was it really preached as something that this is a call for the church to be involved in. And so as a lead pastor, I felt like, especially after we decided to do the, and it, and it, and I'll back up. It wasn't shame on me, but it wasn't until we really felt the call to adopt um, that I really began understanding the platform that I had to to use as a pastor to communicate God's love for the vulnerable, whether it's in foster care or adoption or, um, just whatever it is. You know, we, I think a lot of people, a lot of churches, I think we do the feel good, make me feel good stuff, but it was never for me. Maybe it was because I became a Christian late in life, um, that I just didn't want to feel good. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something. And so my whole ministry has just really been about, I don't want to just set and do or set and feel. I want to be involved in something. And I've pushed every congregation that I've been a part of, especially here now. Yeah. I think being older, being adoptive dad, being knowing kind of what that feels like, I feel like I have a voice to use to educate and help promote, you know, what's it mean to foster? What's it mean to, to adopt? So, so yeah, I, it was never really taught to me or preached to me. And and honestly, I didn't really preach about it until after I I really became mm-hmm. man. We're going to do this. Yeah. What What do you think the challenges of those churches, and, and maybe challenges in the right word, or the um, I don't want to say why churches don't <coughs> don't necessarily preach about it. Is it lack of knowledge? Is it uh, what do you th- being a part of you were a part of what three churches before you really stepped into this world? Like, what do you think the the challenges or the I can't I, I don't really know what the right word I, is. Yeah, right I, there, but... I don't I don't know if it's challenge. Yeah. I, I can't really speak for anyone else other than me, right? right. I, I don't 
I don't know why a pastor wouldn't preach on right. it, right? Um, but being a part of three churches, right. it kind of you it, it flew under the radar, right? And so sure how does it, it how sure does it, it flow like fly in the radar like that? What's the not the challenge, but in those three churches, what was? Well, I the... think I think um, a lot of it may just be the misinformation um, culturally. What um, that's not the right word. Misinformation probably isn't the right word. Um, the stigma hmm. of it. Um, especially as I've learned more and been in, in, in more organizations and seen more, um, I think fostering, I, I look back and I go, Man, I would never be a foster parent because of the stigma of you see the worst of the worst. And I think culturally, um, even through TV and, and movies and the way our culture perceived the foster care system, it's not got a lot of good feel good, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, at least I look back and I see that. Um, and I think partially, not every not every church, not not every. And I'll just speak for myself. Um, sometimes we get if it's not on the front of a cultural thing to talk about, we don't really feel the need to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. You know, I I preach every week out of the Bible, right? And we exegetical, you know, topical. um, You know, we're in a series right now called Love Does, based upon a book that Bob Goff did, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And and so I I think sometimes we get caught up in okay, what's what do we feel like we need to preach about? Mm -hmm. And and I don't know, maybe maybe it's because one persona. Whatever. I, I don't know. I really right. don't know. All, all I can say is this. When I became an adoptive dad, I had no other choice but to speak about it. Yeah. Because I realized, well, I was really wrong. Hmm. And there's a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah. And there's a lot of half-truths um, in you know, organizations like OCA, um, being involved with you guys and and really learning, taking the time mm-hmm. to learn. And I think that's probably a really um, important thing to think about as a pastor. I didn't take the time to learn mm. because it wasn't on my radar. Huh. And I had three kids. Why why do I need to why do I need to learn about foster care? Mm-hmm. Why do I need to learn about adoption? That's not, you know, that's that's something for somebody else to do. And it really isn't something that in church world, um, you know, that's not, we don't hear a lot of people, you know, taking the site. Now, sponsoring a child, we hear a lot about that. Every good, you know, World Vision, Compassion International, mm-hmm. I don't know all the other different, those right. are the two yeah. that come to my mind. Um, um, but but we, we hear a lot about that. Yeah. But when you start going... Okay, it's it's nice to send thirty dollars a month to an organization to sponsor a child somewhere in Haiti or Africa or or someplace, but but what about sponsoring a child for the rest of his life? Mm-hmm. Whether it's through foster care or yeah. adoption, that's a pretty big step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. It's a step that a lot of people really want to be talked about every week. Going, okay, preacher, we know mm-hmm. you adopted. Great, that's not for us. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important for us to have that conversation. 
Yeah, and I I love what you um how you've moved into it because you you easily to an extent could have said I've adopted my kids like I don't necessarily have to talk about. It. I know you're a pastor, sure. but I mean you easily could have done that. I've done what I needed to do, but what you're doing here in your in the church that you lead now, from my understanding, it's a church about five fifty, and you're beginning to try and create a culture of doing something, right? I was right. even paying attention to something that you're doing, even um, connecting with orphaned elderly, right? The elderly who, yeah. who have lost, which yeah. I thought was pretty... It, and it's not bringing anybody into your home, but no. it is something of... Like, you're finding a path and a way to create this culture of how are we connecting with the vulnerable, which is Right, which and is I think really that's awesome. really what I was trying to get to before as far as misinformation or not being educated... Um, once you understand the gravity of the situation, um, you're almost, man, I got to do something, Mm -hmm. right? You're, you're, if you're following Jesus and you're claiming to pursue God and, and do the things, I always say it this way. I want to be more like Jesus today than I was yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm on that path, then I have to look at ways to to get involved, to engage. I can't just sit back and look, and I can't just sit back and go, well, I know the Bible. I, I, you know, I've been a Christian all my life, right? That's awesome. And that was my wife's story, right? That She grew up in church and was the church kid that got, you know, run around the pews and, and, and all that. But when our, when our two stories came together... It was okay. Both of us were like, we we gotta. If we're gonna follow Jesus, we're gonna follow him. Mm-hmm. And not to say that if if you're not doing something, you're not Christian. And mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. But it was just for us. We have to tell our story. Yeah. Because it changed us so much. It yeah. changed me as a pastor. It changed me as a dad. It changed me as a Christian. And if it if it changed me that much, then then I got to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's sharing that information. So you know what we do here in the church and what we're doing right now. You know we're we just had a a local foster care um, organization that it's a new startup here. And, I, and honestly, I don't even remember the name of it. I, I, forgive me, I'm on the spot. I should have. I think it's it Benchmark. Is Benchmark. That right? Yeah, I was yeah watching absolutely. It on, on the website. Yeah. 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 Um, um, Julie um, was a friend of mine in school, and she called me and said, hey, I'm part of this this new organization called Benchmark, and we're here to help foster families. Can I come and speak? Absolutely. Now, I didn't have this massive call to everybody in the church to foster a child by the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, but she was able to speak to our body for five minutes. We were able to have their information here, and we were able to continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. And if it took me... By the time I was I was became a Christian when I was twenty one, adoptive parent in my, you know, late thirties, I know it's not gonna happen just in one moment, but it might. And so part of my heart is sharing the story, sharing the information, mm-hmm. getting it out. As a pastor, that's all I really have to do. Are you beginning to see a change in people's lives? Kind of like how your life was transformed. Obviously, it's a process. It's a drip. But as you begin to create this culture of, hey, there's this is something greater. 
This is moving towards something greater. Uh, yes and no. Okay. Um, I think it's hard for people um, generationally. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, our older folks, um, they want to be involved, but they feel like ah, I'm too late in life to adopt a child, right? I'm, I'm 60 years old. I'm 55. I can't adopt a child, right? Okay. You may not, that may not be for you, but part of our conversation is you don't have to adopt a child, but maybe you can find an adoptive family to support Mm. and to come alongside of. Um, I know when my kids were in Ohio, we were four and a half hours away from our grandparents, right? They didn't have grandparents. And there was a couple in our church who basically said, Hey, can I come alongside you guys? We just want to be grandparents. Mm. Our kids live in California and our grandkids are in California. We don't get to spoil any kids. Would it be okay? And I remember one of them coming up, the, the, the lady came up to me one day after church and she said, now your two kids and our kids hadn't been here, our adopted kids, Roman and Adia hadn't been here very long, maybe just a few months. And she came and said, can I just spoil these kids like a grandma? Absolutely. You can. You know, they need that. Mm. So so I think it's sharing those stories, mm-hmm. passing on the information. That's on one side. The other side is um, we actually, um, a, a couple that we're very good friends with, um, is actually right now in the process of adopting um, their their first child, uh, actually their third child, two, two biological children, and they thought they were done until they became a part of my small group, Right. And so they became a part of our small group, and we talked. Now, I don't know that we're the reason that they right. decided to adopt. I don't. I never have asked them. Um, but they were very interested in it, and I think they were exposed to it. And they were exposed to our kids, uh, Roman and Adia, with our other kids, and they were like, oh, well, we could do this. Yeah. And, and they're actually, I mean, right now, um, I won't tell you the names because of of situational stuff, yeah. but um, they are right now actively, they're matched. They've been to the country once mm. and they're just waiting right now for yeah. the, all the paperwork to go through to go back their second trip and get their, their son, Bobby. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so have I seen change? Yeah. And I, and I think if, if nothing else happens, then that one, that one life was worth it. Mm. Um, but I hope that that continues as, as we dare to speak out. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I don't think I'm an activist by any means. Mm -hmm. I don't, that's not me, but I think passing the information and sharing the information Mm -hmm. as a pastor, especially, and I don't have to preach on it is five minutes. And we do that with mission organizations, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we ha- we have some of our mission teams that we support um, our our orphanages. Um, one of the the people in our church um, started uh, his son, and he's part of it. Um, but they started a ministry several years ago, a few years ago, um, called Psalm eighty two three, and they're actually building an orphanage hmm. in Liberia, Africa. Yeah. Um, so. We weren't a part of that. We didn't start that, but we gave them a platform to speak at our at at our church here, 
and helped raise funding mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. So I think it's just as a pastor looking at, you know, what can I do for the vulnerable, whether it's the the orf, the elderly orphan care that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, we met with them. We that was a summer camp thing that some of our kids got involved cool. with. Um, so I want to pause real quick. Sure. And so uh, one of the things that I love about we're in Scott County, Indiana, which is not a a large county of no, Indiana. It's the third smallest in the state, I think. Third smallest in the state. And this is what I just heard heard you say is you're you're working to build orphanages uh in what, what country Liberia. Was, in Liberia. You've got an adoptive family here. You're working with um orphaned elderly folks. This is a this is a church of five hundred and fifty folks who are stepping into doing something. Right. And you have people who are bringing kids into their home based off of conversations. And it's and I love the fact that there's a joy that says, "Hey, this is," and people are, and there's people in the church are saying, "Let me be, let me spoil them, let me be their grandparents." Yeah. That's pretty contagious to say. I I want to adopt as well because it's quote unquote easy because the people of our church are surrounding, right? Are surrounding others who are bringing kids home. And we, family. yeah, absolutely. And we, and we yeah. have people volunteering in, in awesome. organizations here locally yeah. and. Um, so yeah, it's been successful. Yeah. It's it's pretty awesome to see what God's doing in it. And as you and you've been here two years, and it's um, I believe you said two years. Yeah. And it's just awesome to sit across from you. What would you say to a church that's beginning to explore? What does it look like to dive in? It, it's hard. Like obviously, we're stepping into brokenness. You're right. stepping into brokenness every day. Right. And this world's definitely broken. The adoptive, the foster, the sure. vulnerable is broken. But what advice, what thoughts would you give to those folks, those churches who are beginning to say, oh, well, maybe I should explore this? Number one, um, doesn't matter how big or small you are. That size of the church means nothing in this conversation because we're talking about the one, right? Mm -hmm. One matters. Everyone matters, but, but the one matters, whether it's the the foster care um, child who comes to your house. Okay, that one matters. Maybe it's the adoptive kid um, who who has a disability in, in a in a foreign country who, in his mind, is not worth anything and is is a throwaway life. Right. That to that one, it matters. So it doesn't doesn't matter how small your church is. Or how big your church is. What matters is you begin the process of of learning, of educating yourself about how you can help. Um, uh, some of our families are connected through um, another church in um, Indianapolis called Traders Point, mm-hmm. yeah. and and senior I think their senior pastor is Aaron Brockett. Mm-hmm. And I don't know Aaron and don't know anything really about their church other than I know that they have started this year um, being uh, involved in fostering families who support foster families. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they've got a, a, about a ministry of about 400 volunteers. Okay. Which I is, knew it was huge. Yeah, right? which is pretty just, I mean, it's a larger church, but just in that, which is pretty impressive. Right. Yeah. And so that's on the big scale, right? That's mm-hmm. a big size, yeah. 400 volunteers, yeah. huge. Uh, it's a multi-thousand, multi-campus church, mm-hmm. right? But I can also tell you stories of the church of 40 mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, who got involved through OCA's um, um, the the needs list at the gateway. The gateway. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so I, I can tell you people who, and I don't know if they've helped or done that, but that's something they felt like they could do. Mm-hmm. So on either end, it, it doesn't matter the size, right? right? What matters is you educate yourself in how can I, who's around me? Mm-hmm. How can I help? Who's around me? Um, what are the, what are the ways that I can get involved with? Um, and, and maybe going and I think it's being proactive. Um, for way too long, I just, I never thought about it. Mm-hmm. So, now that you've heard this on this podcast, yeah. right? It's like you don't have an excuse now to say, "Oh, I didn't know." Yeah. Now that you know, okay, what do I do? And maybe you don't have that answer. So, what do you do? What should we do? Well, we begin to pray about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was the question I asked when after watching the movie. Right? Yeah. Who knew that putting in a movie would change the course of your life and two other lives in this world? Um, but I had to ask the question, mm-hmm. God, what are you asking me to do? I didn't know, oh. but I was open and willing to follow that and be obedient to that. Mm-hmm. So pastors, you know, if you're listening, um, it is our call um, to talk about the vulnerable, to talk about the orphan and the widow. We are mandated in Scripture. Mm-hmm. If there's two sets of people in this world that we are mandated to care for. It is the orphan and the widow. Mm. Um, yeah. And we'll do the, we'll do the widows really well yep. because they sit in the back of our pew. Mm. Right. And yeah. we see them and, and some of them, to be honest, we don't want them mad at us. Mm. So we'll take good care of them. Right. And I'm <laughs> yeah. being tongue in cheek yeah. there a little bit, but every <laughs> yeah, pastor's yeah, yeah. going to go, Oh yeah, yeah. I know what I, I've been there. Right. <laughs> but we don't see the orphans. They're not in our pews. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that we can do corporately. It's not something that we can just throw a bunch of money at it. It is actually boots on the ground, mm-hmm. people caring for other people, uh, people caring for those orphans and going, okay, God, what do I do? That's the best advice I can do mm-hmm. is just ask the question, God, what do you want me to do? And be obedient to that, whatever it is. Yeah, I love that. And, and I really appreciate your time. And I think about um, going back to your movie and I think about what you're saying about the church. If we were that man opening up the door like he was for the school, right? Saying, "Well, yeah, we may not be able to take all of them, but we can take one, or sure. we can take as many as will fit in here." And every church can support a family. You don't have to foster. Mm-hmm. Find a find a foster family. Yeah. If you're a church of twenty, find a family who is fostering, and go love on them. Mm. It's hard. Yeah. Being an adoptive parent is hard. I'll tell you, there's been more days I've cried than, than I want to think about. There's been more days that I felt alone, right? Um, man, it is, it is hard, and people don't see all the hard stuff. So it doesn't matter if you're 20 or 40 or 400 or 500. Um, just do something. Yeah, that's so good. And in that hardness, you've been surrounded by so many people that brings you joy from my understanding. Like it, Absolutely. We're, we're made for relationships and by relationships, yeah. and those have helped sustain you, correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, one, of, one of the guys on staff here always reminds me and tells me, he's like, um, we grow and learn in circles, not in lines, hmm. not in straight lines. So if you think about it in a church setting, we don't grow and, and learn 
to love on each other sitting in a pew in a line. We grow and learn to love on people by doing life with people. Hmm. And if it hadn't been for those people pouring into me as an adoptive dad and supporting me while we were in Ohio, we have we have tons of friends who are still in Ohio that were supportive of us more than I could ever say thank you for. Hmm. And if it wasn't for those people, I'd have probably gone crazy a long time ago. Because it does take a true village. It takes a community. It takes the body in order to do this. So again, you don't have to go adopt, but you can go find somebody who has and pour into them and love on them, pray for them, financially support them if you want to. Um, you know, call me. I'll let you do that for me, right? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but but honestly, you, you can do something, and it is hard. Cool, Matt. Thanks so much. Appreciate your time. Yep, thank you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you are encouraged no matter where you find yourself in your journey. Our vision at OCA is to see the body of Christ lead the way in caring for all those affected by foster care and adoption. Find us online at orphancarealliance.org or reach out to us via email at info at orphancarealliance.org. We are also on all social media channels as OCA Kids. Remember, one person can't do everything, but everyone can do something. Find your something today at orphancarealliance.org.